Welcome to the Marketing Technology Podcast. News, tools, and tips from marketing technology companies and the marketers using them. Here's Douglas Carr. Hey, this is Doug Carr with the Marketing Tech Blog, and we have another uh, interview with an expert. Uh, this week, we have Pete Klug. Pete is the Senior Product Marketing Manager for Advertising Solutions at Adobe. And what we wanted to talk about today was programmatic marketing. It's kind of a, a nebulous term, if you will. And, and so we really want to get a, a clear idea of, um, you know, maybe a little bit on the history of programmatic marketing, what it is nowadays, why it's so important, and, and why, you know, and how companies are, are really seeing an incredible return on investment on it. So, Pete, welcome to the show, sir. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And maybe, uh, you know, we always like to start out with a little bit of um, about the person that we're speaking to. Maybe you can just share a little bit with your history and uh, and what, you know, what got you eventually into this field and and uh, and and mastering at Adobe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I actually started uh, my career in marketing uh, in direct mail, working in agency, working offline marketing. Uh, worked at uh, an online grocer during the internet uh, boom and bust at homegrocer.com. It was acquired by Webvan. I did the acquisition marketing for them. Uh, from there, had my own marketing services business uh, that started during the uh, the dot-com boom and uh, eventually went to work at uh, Microsoft, working on their uh, display offerings, and then uh, also Yahoo, and now I'm working at uh, Adobe, of course, working in uh, product marketing for display and programmatic. And I've always just really been uh, excited about the numbers uh, when it comes to marketing. That's really got me interested is analyzing whether it's offline marketing, direct mail, or online display advertising or search advertising. It's always fascinating to see what works, what doesn't work, and really dig into the numbers. So that, that's really what, what got me excited about doing this work. Uh, that is exciting. It, it's funny as I do these interviews, it seems that um, very much many of the leaders in in the marketing industry um, started. You know, well, maybe it's all because we have. It doesn't look like you have gray hair from your picture. I have a ton of gray hair, but um, I but, do have some gray. Hair. <laughs> it seems like we 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 all have that same background. That the database marketing. I was I started in newspapers, but I was doing you know database marketing for retention analysis and and acquisition and then and then you know the merge from you know both newspaper and direct mail and and uh and their total market coverage products and everything and and uh you know we it was so expensive at the time to send anything that the numbers were absolutely so critical i almost feel like today marketers that don't have that experience are a little bit loose because it's you know, it, it doesn't cost anything to send another million emails or another five million emails. Um, but do you get that yeah. same sense that, you know, we were disciplined by numbers so hard back then that we, we just yeah. keep that going? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, especially with the offline marketing, I started out in direct mail and you're factoring in print costs, postage. Uh, you know, there's a lot of costs that go into it. It's a lot, a lot different than the online world. Uh, but it's it's really fascinating to see to think about how things have kind of come full circle in a lot of ways. You know, this whole you mentioned database marketing that was an offline world to manage uh, direct mail lists, and today we have the DMP that lets you manage these audiences online for online advertising. But it's, it's really kind of the same concept. You're bringing in first 
your first-party data, the customers that you already have, the third-party data lists that, you know, you'd buy third-party lists for direct mail. You do the same thing for online marketing. You add in partner data. The only difference is this is an online world, but it's, the, the concepts are all the same. So it's, it's really interesting to see it kind of come, come full circle uh, from offline to online. Yeah, absolutely. Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party, because Sunday dinner's moved outdoors, because, oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower, and because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore at home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at $9.99 and garden themes from modern to coastal. At home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin area at home superstores today. Well, let's let's jump right in. Um, you know, I'd love to hear your definition and, and, and definitely Adobe's approach. You know, what is programmatic advertising uh, and how does it benefit you know, advertisers from, uh, you know, and, and speak to, you know, I, I think a lot of our listeners are, are, are great at online marketing, but they haven't really jumped into this, into the advertising side of the business too much. I think many of them uh, spent money there and lost it kind of thing because they didn't know what they were doing. And then here we are years later, they don't know how, the technology has evolved. So the first one, you know, what is programmatic advertising in, in your sense of the term? Yeah, we, we think at Adobe, we think about programmatic a little bit more broadly than the industry. So we think about it as the automated buying of ads, but not only in display and real-time bidding and RTB, it's, it's a programmatic includes all digital channels. So that includes not only display, but also search, social, other channels as well. Search, for example, is, is we see as the original programmatic channel. A, another characteristic of programmatic is a transparent. That's something that's important to us here. Advertisers have transparency into media costs, fees, margins, where the ads run. That's one of the benefits you get from programmatic. And lastly, and a really important part of it is that it's data-driven. So data powers programmatic ad buying, to gain the most from programmatic, it's all about using and applying data. It includes online and offline data, first, second, third party data. A key characteristic of programmatic is this real-time audience-based buying. And data, for example, enables an advertiser to bid on audiences at their impression level in real time so they can reach their audiences across the web with relevant, consistent experiences and drive engagement and conversions. Are you a marketing technology company looking to increase your market share? Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for information on their public relations, search engine marketing, and content strategies, including a dedicated show on this podcast. Email info at dknewmedia.com. Well, and, and if an if a advertiser or a company wanted to jump into this and let's say they, you know, they move forward and they, they're on, you know, they're talking to Adobe about it, um, do they need to have existing, you know, accounts and relationships across the spectrum of all of the mediums out there? Or is that something that they can centrally manage and, and start, you know, bringing into your products one at a time? Yeah, they, they don't need to be doing um, anything today, they don't have to have existing relationships with inventory sources and things like that. And that's 
that's a great thing about a demand side platform is or DSP is that it has the integrations with the ad exchanges. So you're it's integrated with like the Google ad exchange, the Facebook ad exchange, Microsoft, Rubicon, Index Exchange, all those exchanges out there. And they can just simply plug into it, upload the creative, set up a campaign to run across all these ad exchanges, bid on their audiences in, in real time. And, and one of the big benefits of a DSP is that you have these global controls across all the inventory sources. So you can set frequency caps, budget management across you know, seven or eight different inventory partners, so, something you couldn't do before uh, real-time bidding and ad exchanges in DSPs. So they, they can now, through their demand side platform, manage all their display display campaigns. So it makes it very easy for an advertiser to get up and running. It can become very complex. So just getting up and running a basic retargeting campaign where you're reconnecting with users that have been to your website, they've already shown intent by the actions on their site. It's, pre it's pretty easy to do or doing a kind of a, a campaign targeting specific categories, it's very easy to do. Uh, that would be a starting point. And, and an advertiser can do much more than that. There's actually a shift happening to the DSP for all display types. So it's not anymore that's just this real-time bidded display, but also more premium inventory, typically direct sold inventory is now also becoming available on DSPs through things called private exchanges, private marketplaces, and even guaranteed direct buys. So they could actually use a DSP as their centralized platform for all their display buying if they want to. In addition to that, uh, you know, most businesses have data and silos throughout the business. You have marketing teams for different products that have data. The product teams have data. There's CRM data, call center data. All that data can be consolidated down to individual user profiles to be used in online advertising through a data management platform through a DMP. So that's it could be a longer term next step is that you manage all these audiences in your DMP and then you can reach them across the web with a display ad through a DSP. So there's there's a lot that you can do, although just getting started, you could also make it very, very basic. And what, what kind of tools are there? So, so let's say you have the DMP in place and you have, um, you know, really rich data and, and on your audience or, or your, your customer base. Um, are you able to basically take and profile and automatically, you know, kind of predict uh, and target, you know, based on, based on those customers? So the DMPs typically have integrations with um, multiple vendors and channels um, for delivery of ads. So it could be DSPs. So the DMP actually helps an advertiser to consolidate audience data down to individual user profiles. It doesn't actually do delivery of ads. So that's the DMP requires an integrations with a demand side platform, a DSP, uh, to do that. So it basically pushes the audience, once the audience segments are created, they're pushed into the DSP and those audiences then can be reached with ads across the web. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was curious about was, you know, kind of the, kind of the relationship, um, you know, between the two. And, and so this is, this is a really incredible technology then that from a, from a marketer standpoint, you know, you could go after, re, you know, retention, obviously, upsell opportunities, remarketing opportunities and acquisition and really pinpoint the advertisement to the person that you're talking to. So if it's a customer, you know, they get some kind of upsell or retention opportunity. Uh, but if it's someone that abandoned a shopping cart, now you're remarketing to them. And if it's someone that just matches that targeted segment, 
they're going to be, you know, they're going to get a different offering based on that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the big benefits of the DMP is that you're, you have this view then across your business of what marketing promotions that audience has already received. Because you may have multiple product groups within a business that are maybe sending, sending offers to the same user uh, with the DMP, then you have this holistic or what some people call this 360 degree view of the customer. And you see, you, you can better manage these marketing promotions across the funnel to those audiences. And it's much like what we started this conversation with. It's a lot like database marketing. The database marketing doesn't actually do any delivery. It's, it's really about segment, segmenting the audiences, identifying the high value audiences, having a central view of those users and the audiences, and then you use another platform actually to reach them across digital channels. Wow. And, and when, when I first saw this technology kind of hit the market way back in that, that's, that's a long time ago, so bear with me. Um, but uh, when I first started, a lot of the complaints of this industry were just the, the looseness of the algorithms and that sometimes, sometimes it was manually, um, you know, more effective to, to manage the ads, you know, uh, with a person, you know, checking it once an hour, or, you know, twice an hour or something like that. But, but these technologies have far surpassed that ability with, you know, predictive modeling and machine learning and everything else. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, uh, the platform like a DSP takes all the available data that it, that it has to make a decision on a, a bit amount to, to deliver an ad to this user. So that, that's something that's really, I just think is really cool about where the industry is going is you we're bidding on ad exchanges. It's an auction-based environment. A user is going to a website before the ad even loads, there's an ad call that goes to an ad exchange that goes out to DSPs that say, hey, do you want to bid on this user? We look at all the data we have about the user. So ad exchange may send data like, hey, this person was on this category of site. This was this time of day. It's on this device. We have the DSP has data like, hey, this user abandoned the shopping cart at some point is in this third party lifestyle segment, whatever it might be. And, and the DSP based on all this data says, hey, this user is worth this much to this advertiser and puts together a bid in the auction environment, sends the bid back. And if they win the bid, the ad is served. And it's, it's uh, yeah, it's fascinating. So you, it's, there's a lot of data involved, the decisions made around data to determine what that bid amount is. So it's, it. The algos are very important, and they are a big part of what drives the performance is how they leverage that data to evaluate a bid for that user. And, the, and then how does that – the bid also takes into account what is the objective of the advertiser? What is the back-end ROI goal or cost per conversion goal? What is the right bid amount to meet that advertiser's objective? So there's, there's a lot happening. Having said that, there's still a lot of – there's still a fair amount of manual stuff happening in the industry. It's getting these campaigns set up to kind of run on their own does, does take some, still takes a little bit of work and tweaking here and there. It takes some expertise. So someone with no display experience probably wouldn't want to go right away on and, and uh, use right away going into using a DSP on a self-serve basis. They'd probably still maybe want to have some training on it or uh, even consider short term having it managed where, uh, the DSP actually would help set up the campaigns, help optimize them, get everything up running efficiently before they move to self-serve, for example, because it's still, it's still pretty complex. Even though the platform does a lot, you still need to know what you're doing. 
Infographics and white papers continue to lead search and content strategies throughout the web. DK New Media researches, designs, and promotes the best informational graphic and most well-produced white papers in the industry. Contact Doug and his team at DK New Media for additional information. Email info at DK New Media. Is it when, when you're working with marketers, you're working with display advertising, you know, professionals that have kind of reached a frustration point and they just need the heavy lifting of a tool like this to really get flexible and, and get creative on the way that they're doing the media buys, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's really exciting what you can do and it's there are live advertisers still experimenting. There's a lot of new stuff happening. It's it's really exciting though. You can reach the same audience with programmatic and data across channels. And so you can deliver this relevant and consistent experience. So a DMP is not only integrated with a DNP for delivering of display ads, but for example, in Adobe's uh, platform, Adobe Media Optimizer, you can reach that same audience then with a search ad through your targeting list for search ads. You can reach them on social through the Facebook exchange. Uh, you can reach them through an on-site optimization solution, reach them on the website. So you're able to reach these users across their user journey in different channels with a consistent relevant experience using programmatic. And mo- almost all this stuff happens in real time is the, the amazing part. Yeah, that it is it is pretty incredible how fast these these systems are able to communicate, you know, all of that in real time bid and, and everything and and then place. That's that's that, that is mind boggling technology from a sophistication standpoint. Um Yeah, it really is. The customers that you're working with now um, from a from a size standpoint, are these are these people that are you know they're they're spending millions every single month on on you know display advertising or tens of millions of dollars or are are small and medium sized businesses starting to adopt these technologies as well? You know it's really across the board because there there are companies spending millions of dollars on display, but many of them are still splitting it up over different vendors. You know, they, they might have a budget for real-time bidded display and programmatic. They might have a separate budget for a direct buy where they go directly to a Yahoo and buy their homepage. You know, so they kind of still split up the budget in some cases. And, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of medium-sized, you know, even advertisers spending on the low end, you know, it could be spending 50 or $100,000 a month, and then it goes up, up from there. Um, the interesting thing is kind of what I mentioned earlier is this shift happening to the BSB being central for uh, all display buy types. So, you know, many right now still kind of see it as a real-time bidded um, display inventory, but more and more publishers, as they get comfortable with working with ad exchanges and DSPs, are making their their premium inventory also available through DSPs, like through ad exchanges where uh, – or I meant through private exchanges where where one publisher can invite, for example, specific advertisers only to bid on the inventory. So they can just have, okay, I just want these four or five advertisers to have access to my inventory and bid on it. I don't want all the advertisers out there. I don't want to have some advertiser appear on my site that maybe is is not something I want to, I don't want their ad to appear on my site for whatever reason, brand, brand reasons, whatever it might be. So they have these other options now to kind of control their inventory. You have uh, private exchanges, you have private marketplaces where they can do one-to-one agreements between advertiser and publisher using this DSP and real-time bidding technology. So more and more of this premium inventory is becoming available on DSPs. 
Um, so, you know, kind of where the industry is heading is that at some point an advertiser could spend all their budget through programmatic and the DSP. Uh, the reality is that shift is still kind of happening. And today they're, they're in many cases still splitting up their budgets between programmatic and, and direct display buys, for example. Wow. And, and Adobe, like with Adobe Media Optimizer, they're taking care of, they're the ones that are building those relationships and, and, and doing those third-party integrations with those ad networks, right? Yeah, absolutely. So out of the box, there are, we the integrations are there. So most DSPs, including Adobe Media Optimizer, have integrations with, for example, the Google Ad Exchange. You have those guys uh, like Rubicon, the Index Exchange, AppNexus, you know, all those uh, supply sources are are are, are uh, available directly through the DSP. So the, the advertiser doesn't need to set up a relation, different relationship or a separate relationship with those vendors. And what are marketers seeing when they utilize a system like this? Is it is it that they're getting that reach and they're able to reach an audience uh, that they that they weren't able to tap into, or is it through the optimization of the ads they're getting you know higher click rates for lower you know click prices? Oh wow, that's a lot of questions there. That's really all above. So in the past, if an advertiser wanted to reach an audience, they would before real-time bidding and ad exchange and DSPs came around or really popular, just really in the last, whatever it is now, six, seven years, uh, they would have to go to different networks to reach their audience. So they'd go buy from MSN, Yahoo, AOL. And a real challenge was there's wasted impressions because there'd be no way to dedupe or do frequency capping across these different vendors. Um, So, by going through a DSP, they can reach your audience in one platform. They get that reach across all the supply sources, and and they're able to do that with con- additional controls like frequency capping and budget management across all these partners that they couldn't do before. So they are they are getting more reach through this one relationship with a DSP, and they're able to better uh, define their target audiences through a number of different ways. It can be through a DMP where they're able to access uh, really high value granular audiences to build audience segments, layering on third-party data, partner data. Uh, You can even onload offline CRM data into a DMP for targeting. So you have access to to a lot more data. So you have a lot more audience data that's uh, rich data that you can target. So it increases the size of the addressable audience. You can uh, get more reach. Plus you get better ROI because you're doing better audience targeting. So, to answer your question, you know, all of the above are improved through through current technology. Well, I'm glad that I led you with the question then. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good and, question. And I had never even thought about the duplication problem that if you're if you're working independent, you know, across networks, you know, that you just might be slamming, you know, somebody with ads, you know, across three different networks and and uh, and and just wasting your money if they're not responding to the first couple. Why would they respond to the next 20, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so there's this challenge of um, reaching unique users. Uh, There's duplication across these different ad networks. And also the way that display was bought and sold in the past with this whole uh, insertion order process of uh, emailing, faxing, back and forth. You you basically, an advertiser would agree to buy a certain amount of impressions at a CPM rate. It really wasn't very efficient versus today 
you're not just buying a block of impressions, you're bidding at the impression level at the time the user is at the website and the ad's about to load, you look at all the data about that user and you decide what the fair bid amount is uh, based on what you know that user and what, what you believe is the right price to meet your performance objective of like the likelihood they're gonna convert. Um, so you have a lot more control and it's just way, way more efficient. I mean, it's programmatic a lot more efficient than the old ways of, of buying and selling display. Wow. And, and if someone if someone wants to, to let's say I want to um, get on Adobe Media Optimizer and get this DSP up and running, is is it a software as a service type monthly engagement that I'm that I'm paying Adobe, or is it tacked on to my you know my bid process that basically it's it's just scaled for you know how much advertising I'm doing. Yeah, so the way we do it at Adobe, we have a transparent pricing model, so we don't we don't sell a C, CPM rate where we uh, just tack on our fee or margins. It's actually percent of media spend. Um, so it's a it is a software as a service model. It's a percent of media spend. Uh, typically, we're looking at a minimum uh, campaign of three months. Um, as like a POC, you know, most of our customers are signing up for twelve months at a time. Um, but that's that's how it works. Looks like you already visited at home this spring. The patio looks great, but why the makeover? Because we're hosting the block party. Because Sunday dinners moved outdoors. Because oh, Hunter's graduation and Emily's baby shower. And because sometimes I can just sit back and enjoy it. Explore at home's expanded selection of patio decor, like cushions starting at nine ninety nine and garden themes from modern to coastal. At home, the home decor superstore. Any style, any budget, any reason to redecorate. Visit one of our three Austin area at home superstores today. That's incredible. And where, and where do you see the future of this going? You know, I, I mean, I, I feel like we're already in the future, but but, uh, you know, what, yeah. what's next? Yeah. What's next for programmatic advertising? Yeah, that's that's another a broad broad question there. So we've already talked a little bit about this ongoing shift to the DSP for uh, centralized buying of all display types. So that will continue. There's the initially it was uh, remnant inventory, the unsold inventory publishers that flowed into ad exchanges that were available through DSPs. More and more publishers are getting comfortable with the uh, ad exchange model, and they're making more and more premium inventory available. So that's gonna continue to grow um, private marketplaces, private exchanges, guaranteed direct type buys through DSPs will continue to grow. Uh, Other ad formats uh, are projected to grow uh, as well. So mobile, of course, is is seeing massive growth. Real-time video is up and coming. Programmatic TV is is further off in the future, but there's there's some interesting things uh, happening there. The uh, other things that are interesting that are happening is, is the industry is looking at how to track users for targeting of ads beyond the cookie, for example, and how to track them, uh, a user across mobile and desktop. So, for example, if a user saw an ad within an application on mobile, how do you know if the same users that later, later looked at, the, at an ad through the desktop? You know, how do you identify those users? How do you track those users? Um, there's a lot happening there today with, with DMPs around managing of user profiles and identities and using like, authenticated user login data. And there's other ways to do it today. So there's a lot of it's doing this authenticated user data. Other ways to do it are using this probabilistic approach where it's an inferred identity across devices. So there's a lot of really interesting things happening that are developing uh, as we, as we uh, 
as we grow in the programmatic space. Uh, something else that's, that's really interesting that's happening is this consolidation of ad tech. So one, one thing that um, we've hear, we're hearing a lot from advertisers is that they're using different systems to buy their programmatic advertising. So they may be using DSP for their display ads, and they may have other marketing tech and ad tech solutions. They may have a site analytics solution, a site optimization solution. They may have email marketing solution. And every one of them, they're going in and, and having to build their audiences. They're building an email list. They're building a display list to target. They're building an audience in their analytics solution as a filter. And that's been a pain point for advertisers. They have to rebuild, recreate these audiences. So one way that what the industry is shifting to where more and more of these technologies are starting to work together. You're seeing more uh, consolidation of the industry, digital marketing suites, marketing clouds like the Adobe Marketing Cloud, where audiences can be shared across the different technologies. So that, that's an interesting trend uh, that's happening as well. But yeah, programmatic is, is definitely here to stay. It's, it's growing fast. I, I think uh, Magna Global said the ad spend was over $20 billion in 2014. It's supposed to more than double to $53 billion by 2018. So it's, it's growing very fast. Wow. Wow. And cool stuff it is. And, and I think, you know, from a, you know, we're of course a publisher with the marketing tech blog and from the publishing side, I know we see a lot more, you know, sophistication in, in our hands now that than, than 10 years ago, you know, we have layers on top of layers on top of layers of, you know, targeting and where we can put an ad and, and, and we want yeah. quality ads as well. We want relevant quality, you know, calls to action for our audience to take rather than, yeah. you know, some baby food ad on my marketing tech blog or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's actually been a, been a concern of publishers initially with the ad exchanges is that they were, you know, concerned about the ads appearing in their site potentially, or, or even that their inventory would be devalued in the auction environment that they thought they could potentially get more by you know, having a direct sales force sell it. Uh, but that's what's so interesting about this shift to, to private exchanges and guaranteed direct type buys, because now they have these controls where they can protect their inventory, have price floors, invite you know, only specific advertisers to, to bid on it. So it's, it's, it's really exciting where the industry is heading on that. Yeah, it is exciting. And I think ultimately it's a better service to the consumer as well. They don't feel bombarded. They feel very much guided and, you know, breadcrumbed down the trail to a conversion that, that they're interested in. So uh, I think it's, yeah. a, it's a great thing for the industry as a whole. Um, Pete, this is an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for, for, uh, for taking the time and educating uh, our readers on this. Um, where can people go for additional information? Uh, for information, the best thing we do is go to the adobe.com website, and there's information there on the Adobe Marketing Cloud, and within there, uh, there's also a link to our programmatic uh, ad, ad buying management optimization platform, Adobe Media Optimizer. A lot of information there, videos, uh, uh, one sheets, and, and things like that. And thank you very much for having me. I really, really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, they, absolutely. And and we'll be sure that uh, when we put the blog post up and for people that are listening, let's say through Stitcher or whatever, make sure you check the Marketing Tech blog because I, I think there's some videos out there on Adobe Media Optimizer that we can include um, as well as, you know, if we can throw a case study in there, uh, which I think you guys have a few on the site. Um, we'll, we'll also include that. But thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yep. Thank you very much. Have a good rest of the day.
Subscribe online at marketingtechblog.com. Subscribe to our email, download our app, or follow us on social media.